Welcome to The Future is Female Powerlifting, a show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60-kilo powerlifting gym owner, and each episode we bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha and welcome back, my friends. We are on episode 55, and I want to thank you all for returning back and listening to these episodes. I took a little hiatus. I took a month off, and that is the first time in two years I've ever taken that long off. Um, But we have a lot going on at my gym, Uh, and surprisingly, you know, when you get back um, to work, you just don't have as much time as you think you do. So I am really happy that for our first episode back, I got to interview a friend and now a friend, uh, Miss Kelly Sporer, who is um, the wife of George, who is a USPA director out in North Carolina. Um, they've, we've became friends, like Facebook friends over the years, or I guess Instagram friends. Um, and they're just great people. I'm freaking blown away by Kelly and the strength that she has, the things that she does. And I think all of you will also be blown away by the type of woman she is. But she has uh, not only some crazy strong lifts, which by the way, include a 440, almost a 441 squat, a 221 bench, and a 469 deadlift, dude. That is an 1132 total, which is a 463 Wilkes for those of you who care about looks that means you're really freaking strong okay besides that she is an anesthesiologist she's a nurse of anesthesiology um and a mother uh she also helps put on these meets with her husband um she's just an awesome woman who has also had her ups and downs in her life you know i think a lot of us have gone through very similar stories where you know maybe went through a divorce and sort of rediscovering ourselves and finding what drives us and gives us passion and powerlifting just happened to walk right in there for her and damn it she's pretty good at it so please stay tuned it's been fantastic talking to her and if you haven't subscribed already please hit that subscribe listen to our shows get in notifications when we get new episodes out there if you haven't left a left us a review on facebook or on um on itunes please do so take a few minutes out and let me know how you like the show i'd love to hear back uh from each and every one of you who really love to hear the stories and reach out to me. I had some people recently recently uh, reach out to me on Instagram who just started powerlifting. And I love hearing that. I love hearing that maybe you're taking your powerlifting journey to the next level. So, you know, go out there, find me on Instagram and send me a message. I will answer back and I'd love to connect. And of course, this episode is brought to you by my gym, Core Strength and Performance, where we live through strength and we are opening up again. So if you are interested in online powerlifting, I know that a lot of gyms are now starting to open back up. There are meets scheduled for the end of the year. I'm having one at my gym. So if you're in the area of Alabama, North Tennessee or North Alabama, Tennessee Valley area, we are having a meet August 29th and it is a USPA drug tested meet. So, hey, if you want to come down, come check it out. It's called Core Wars. You know, you like that name. Or if you're just interested in training, hit me up with a message and we can talk a little bit about what online powerlifting programming uh, and training would look for you. Now, let's get it started with Kelly. Oh, man. So 
probably like the majority of people that got into powerlifting, I was hurting, not Mm -hmm. physically, but, um, sort of mentally and emotionally, I had gotten out of a really nasty, uh, marriage. I was sort of on the tail end of that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like, we were in court for two years over custody and child support and all that sort of stuff for for me to pay child support because I make so much money, not for him to pay. Um, so yeah, so it was, um, it was really hard. And, and my best friend, um, Sam, (laughs) she's a mess. When she lived (laughs) in Newburn, we did like some bodybuilding stuff and we were like quarter squatting 315 and, um, like, Wow, that's not bad. Even at a quarter squat, I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a true quarter squat, Seth. It was a true quarter. Squat. But like we were just because I played softball all through college. I was a catcher, oh, so cool. oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so my lower body was fine. I had to sort of figure out the nuances with um, form and whatnot, and and what was technically sound. Right. Um, my bench press had to come from like zero to what it is now. Yeah. Like, I, we didn't flat bench in college because girls don't flat bench. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Never a thing. Um, there's always that. I hate that too, that even with baseball and those sort of throwing sports, they Mm -hmm. stay away from those things because they're always afraid of the shoulder and they don't know enough, right. To really train them properly and maximize that. It would have been beneficial because I would have had more stabilizing with it. My, my shoulders are trash, but but I'm almost 40, so it feels like everything's trash. (laughs) We just grin and bear it and push through it, whatever. (laughs) But Sam told me um, she had moved to Florida and she had started powerlifting. And she was like, you've got to try this. Because I was just, I was sporadic in the gym then. Mm -hmm. I was, because I had always liked the gym. I had gravitated towards it, but I didn't have any goals. I didn't have any motivation. I didn't have any like end, end game. I was just kind of floundering honestly. Mm. Um, and single mom, you know, trying to navigate that, yeah. which was mass chaos. Yeah. Uh, cause I have no family around here. All my family's in Tennessee. Oh, that's the worst then. So it's like, you <laughs> yeah. don't have anybody to watch. Nope. No, not at all. Um, so luckily this was the good thing about starting out at a commercial gym is they had the dedicated childcare. Um, care. Yeah. They had dedicated kids care. So I could plan around my um, schedule. Now people looked at me like I was a three headed leopard because I was doing powerlifting stuff in a gold's gym, which is typically bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in like we're small town USA over here by the beach. So nobody knew what powerlifting was at all. Like there was a couple of outliers that did strong man. They were male. And they did a little bit of strongman stuff, but it's, this was like, everybody does bodybuilding. This is what you do. If you're not like Joe Schmo, that's a cardio bunny or something, right. you're trying to do bodybuilding. And me, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get in a bikini. You yeah. know, <laughs> I just, I really like lifting heavy. Like that's my joy. That's, yeah. that's joy. Like I'm getting some of this effing anger out yes. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need this. <laughs> so, so that's how it happened. I signed up for a meet, which by the way, was on April fool's day. Oh, no way. <laughs> 2017. It was a, a, um, Johnny Lane meet up in, um, cause I didn't even know how to pick meets. I just like Googled 
and landed across USPA and USPA was the person. And you got Johnny. How funny. I mean, like, what are the odds? Right. Because he's in your area. But it was way up in Virginia. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, but it was, that was in 2017. So that was my first meet. Um, and (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. I competed wrapped the whole time. I've never competed sleeves. So I'm not even sure why I picked wrapped to be (laughs) honest. And I've stuck with it because as I've trained with sleeves, um, because I was a catcher for so long, my knees are, are, are kind of trash and I just feel a little more stable with the heavy weight in wrap. But, but again, I'm not sure why I picked them in the first place. So did Sam compete with you? No, but, um, she flew up and, and saw me there. So we've never actually competed in the same one. So Ah, (laughs) you have to do that. Yeah. Like taking a step back and we've been, you know, in each other's corner, but we haven't actually done it at the same one. That's kind of crazy. So like that she, out of all the things to start, she just was like, Hey, let's try powerlifting. You've got to try this. And so she was doing it for a while or something. She just was introduced to it and just thought you would be great for it. Yeah. And she's like nasty strong too. Like, (laughs) like you just freakishly nasty strong. And I love her and she's the best ever. She's so crazy. And she seems like you, like just super supportive, super encouraging, you know, just like always in your corner also will tell you when you're doing some really dumb stuff, but, but in a nice, sweet way. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. So you went to Virginia you, so you stayed in Florida. No, I was in, I was living in North Carolina. So I've been in North Carolina the whole, my whole powerlifting whopping powerlifting three-year career. (laughs) Well, shit, your freaking numbers. Do you remember what your first numbers were? Oh, yes. Um, hang on. Time out. Let me go to open powerlifting so I can tell you some exacts. But it was. You know, it's so it funny. Was, I got to do the same thing. They don't have my first one because I competed in a non-sanctioned league. And oh, so yes. it's really, I have videos of it that I just laugh because it was in a, it was in a regular gym, but we use their equipment. <laughs> So there's no, oh, no, I didn't know better. You know, there's yeah, no ER rack. Yeah. It's like the rack that's at the gym. <laughs> like, there's no platform. It's just the mat that's there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know any different either when I started, um, you know, training at the gold's gym. Yeah. Right. They, nobody knows. <laughs> no. Um, so my squat was, uh, 117.5 kilos. Um, bench was 52.5. I'm pretty sure that was my a uh, hundred and twelve pound bench there. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. One fifteen. Uh, you're very close. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, one forty two point five on the deadlift. Well, that's not that's bad. European math there. Yeah. My deadlifts have been my money maker. That's kept me decent with the total. Um, yeah, that's a three, almost a three fifteen deadlift. Yes, and I was sumo with the most terrible form on the entire planet. And luckily I've made a lot of changes for my back's sake. (laughs) (laughs) So after that competition, you decided to just start. So you were training yourself at this point. I was, um, yes and no. I sort of kind of Googled and and found a decent program. Um, I didn't know that, that the term program was a thing. Um, but one of the, um, strong men, in that area, he and his wife, she had done some strong man stuff, you know, kind of dabbled in it cause he did, but she did a lot of bodybuilding. Mm. Um, but they are awesome. They are so awesome. But he was constantly like, 
you got this. Let's, you know, we need, you need to keep on it and keep training. You're going to be really good at this. Who cares if nobody knows what powerlifting is and everybody's looking at you like you're crazy. Like, okay, you are going to, you know, do great in this. This is your, your calling. Like he was constantly, cause I would get really kind of bummed, um, and wonder if, if this was something that I was supposed to do or, you know, any female really. Right. Because Why? Feedback. Mm. Well, all of the feedback from the small town that I was in. Mm. And of course, um, you know, people would kind of look at me like you're doing powerlifting. Like that's, yeah. that's a man's sport and it, whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> that part didn't bother me, but the, um, the lack of having people to train with the lack of having like-minded people around me. Um, that was the difficult part. The being around people that say you shouldn't do that because you're female, that that's never bothered me, but not being around like-minded people is difficult. I don't know if that, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I feel like that's kind of, um, it's still, you know, I feel like a lot of women are still in that spot where, yeah. And they're, they're sort of, you know, and I didn't realize it that there were so many other women that were kind of in that same spot until I got onto like Facebook and I see women saying things, you know, like yeah. in yeah. part of powerlifting groups and, um, mm-hmm. talking about how like, man, it's just me and there's nobody around. Or I get messages from women that are like, Hey, I listen to you when I train. And it's so awesome to know that other women are feeling the same thing. And I just, I don't know anybody else in my area that yes. even powerlifts. Like I just do it in my garage, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, Mm-hmm. So I always think it's interesting because that's, it is funny. Well, like once you can make that connection, you're like, all right, this is cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like I, I can train with people. Like I didn't get to train with really, I trained with very few people in the beginning. There, there was a few power lifters, but we're all newbies. And it wasn't until right. I moved to Texas that I started, uh, training well, with a group, Mexico, man. Yeah. Oh, man. And they were <laughs> a bunch of like crazy strong Mexicans, man. Yeah. They're like amazing. I was like, these women are fucking amazing strong. Like I thought I was strong and I was like, I ain't shit. <laughs> um, teach me your way. Yes, that's how it felt <laughs> yeah, like. But exactly. it was nice because we all were able to train together. I felt like there was a bunch of people who were in the, the zone. So that's always nice. So Okay, so then you found a program that you stuck to for a while. I did. Um, and I uh, trained with him. And then after the competition, back up, during the competition, um, there was a, a lifter there named Ogechi. I don't know if you know her. Her IG handle is Getch Me If You Can. Yes, yes. Um, quite possibly one of the most amazing lifters I've ever been in the presence of. Like, really? For my first competition, she was, she, I mean, she's nasty strong too. And she is natural. She's like, she's just, she's a beautiful soul also. Like, if, yeah. if anybody goes to her IG and sees her, like, she's just a beautiful soul. So, I mean, I was just sitting there like, Aww. like, a kid in a candy store, like watching her lifts, like, holy crap. Okay. Okay. So this is a thing like, okay, you know, we can do this. This is great because she had nothing but kind words to say like, and you know, she had, I can't remember. She PR'd her deadlift, but got called for a little bit of foot movement on the, um, on the descent, but it it was in the fours. And I was just like, Oh, right. You know, like a a woman deadlifts in the fours. And I know that seems silly because you, you think, um, you know, powerlifting has been around for so long and there's so many just amazingly strong females that people coming into it would just know that that women can lift these numbers. But, you know, people coming from, uh, you know, smaller towns. And like you said, they're newbies and they don't have anybody to train around. Like it's not, 
and you, you don't see, see it, it on yeah like you can see it on instagram but that's not real life no you know let's let's be honest that's not real life so you get to a uh, you know a competition where it's legal and it's competition standard yeah. and you see this stuff in person and it's like it's mind blowing for, oh, for totally yeah it's mind blowing for the new it's mind blowing for me at the arnold last year i mean i was just sitting back there like a imposter syndrome. Why am I here? Like looking at all these, like, you know, uh, so you're competing. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And well, I, I tried to die that day too. <laughs> Come wait. Like through the roof. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You're a nurse. You can take care yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah. So I should have known better. But, uh, we, we competed anyway. Anyway, <laughs> so, but you know, even, I, and I don't know if that's just my personality, but every level I'm just like, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I love to watch all these strong people. Like yeah. I've I've never been one to be vindictive or jealous of yeah, another person's too. strength or drive yep. or or anything because I mean, I realize I know my limitations. There yep. are people who can devote 24/7 to doing this. To uh Stacy Burke, for example. Right. Like she eat, sleep, dream, breathe it and she I I was there at the Arnold when she, you know, broke the all time world record and it was gorgeous, but I, I don't feel any sort of animosity towards those kind of people because I know that my lifestyle would never afford me that opportunity period. Yeah. Like, you know, because like you said, you know, you mentioned before, like I work, I've got kids, we, you know, I'm married to a meat director and I'm a state judge and, and I love lifting and I love competing and I'm on the competitor side um, still mentally, you know, yeah. I, I definitely like to, to, you know, cross over and give back to the sport by judging yep. and by helping set up all these meets and sponsors and everything that goes with it. But, you know, in my heart, I'm still on the competitor side yet. I'm, I'm not done yet. I don't know when my next one will be, but I'm not done quite yet. I still have a 500 pound deadlift to get. Jeez. <laughs> I got it to my knees in January. Oh, I did you? Oh, knees and it, it wasn't happening. So, oh, oh, oh that's fantastic. I, we always have, I want, I want this one more thing. Yeah. You know? You're never have, strong enough. No, no it's like, no. you're never, yeah. It's like this weird yeah. endless, <laughs> like you just always want the next step. I, and then it's, I think it's awesome. You know, like for me, I think I, I'm in a, in a, in a part of my life where we're doing so much with our, our gym and mm-hmm. then, you know, the quarantine really helped to kind of slow me down and yeah. it highlighted yeah. all the things that mm-hmm. I was really sort of having too much attention to, I guess you could say, Absolutely. you know, and so I, That's when good. I was able to slow down, I got, I put up a garden. My husband made me a raised bed. <laughs> I be, I've been wanting to do this for years, but I killed fucking everything. Okay. I killed a cactus cause I overfed it. Who knew you could do that? I was like, what do you mean? It would, doesn't it just store it up for later or something like fat? No, it, you, it'll, it'll mold and it died. So I was like, damn it. So I I've tried to, everything dies. So we made this garden bed, man. I got tomatoes. I got cucumbers. I feel so relaxed. I'm out there and I'm, and then it really helped me to see like, you know, I think I'm just taking too much and I never, I've always loved to achieve, you know, like it's a personal I'm, and I feel you're the same way. So you could hear this, mm-hmm. like, you know, that there, you have this potential to do things yeah. and you want, you want to do it, you know? And yeah. I feel like I can do it. Th- these things, I love doing these things, but then I'm at, once I had to eliminate 
physically being mm-hmm. at the gym, physically doing these things, I was like, man, I feel fantastic. I feel yeah. lighter. I feel better. Mm-hmm. I, and so I, I'm, I'm learning to balance a little bit better than even I thought I had it balanced and I did not. Exactly. Yeah. Cause, cause I, to compound sort of on what you're saying, like, and I, I'm the same way. I had this drive. Like I, I see my potential. Right. I see what I can do. And I'm trying to do all 90 of those things that I see I have potential in at the same time. Right. And, and it's, I'm sort of spinning my wheels in some areas. And I was looking around when you were talking about killing everything in the garden to make sure George wasn't around here because I knew he was going to chime in about <laughs> building abilities or lack thereof. <laughs> he always makes fun of it. Cause I, I love, you know, I love fresh plants and, and life and, and all that sort of stuff. And I try so hard and they die. They die. I'm on call, but that's not the truth. Right. And I used to say that. I'm like, well, it's because I left for two weeks and you didn't water my bonsai tree. He's like, it wasn't that two weeks. I watered it once. It should have lived another (laughs) couple days. Give me a break, Heidi. I was like, okay. And and I love plants. Like, you know, I'm from Hawaii and I love, my parents are farmers. That's the more. Oh, wow. Okay. But they became farmers after I graduated. So I didn't, I wasn't raised with this this farming, you know, thing. Because I look more, I look more of a shithead because I can't, you know, they're like planting things like Heidi, look at this. And they're sending me pictures, of all these native plants. And I'm over there trying to make the, my money tree not die. It's that one that goes like this and it hangs like there's one leaf. If you, if you blow it, that shit's off. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, my garden looks fantastic. And I think it's because it's outside, to be honest, everything I put in pots, sometimes like not so good. And yeah. I, and I, the total side note, but I know now that having those self-watering pots where they have like a little hole on the bottom, you pour that, that actually helped tremendously because I would forget to water my plants. It was so bad that I feel pretty good, but you know, leading it all back, it's definitely that feeling of wanting to do a lot and, and, and still, you know, so then what was starting to happen for me is like, even just recently I've been felt like really burnt out, like not really motivated, um, to do much of anything besides, you know, like, all right, let's take care of the family, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it, 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 I can see where it's actually showing up in different areas of where I produce and where I can do work and stuff. So yeah, I so, agree completely. So when did you start training with Trevor? Oh, bless his beautiful soul. He puts <laughs> up with me so much. <laughs> Why do you say that? That's so funny. You seem easy. I started training with him uh, before the Arnold. So the Arnold was uh, my first meet with him. Uh, The meet before um, I did Relentless in Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. If people aren't terribly um, in tune to what Relentless is, and they've got several um, cities that they, they are in, but, um, I did the one in Minnesota yep. that summer and that's what, um, I hit my Arnold qualifying numbers. Um, and I wouldn't even really, it, I was kind of trying for that, but I was paired with, um, with a little girl there called, uh, her name is Talitha Mueller and she's amazing, but, um, she passed last year, unfortunately, oh, but we raised a lot of money for her and um, so if people aren't familiar with relentless, I, I highly encourage they go and, and check out that cause. I, that made me, 
uh, a better lifter all the way around because it wasn't about the numbers. It was about everybody encouraging, just seeing all the kids there on the stage that had, you know, various terminal, um, illnesses and, but they were so happy. Like they were the happiest, most selfless people I have ever been around. The people that run Relentless is amazing. If anybody has an opportunity to be involved with Relentless, whether donating, lifting, spectating, I cannot recommend a a meet more than any sort of Relentless. And I know they're starting to branch out into Nashville. Oh, are they? Hmm? Yep. They just opened a chapter in Nashville and all the money goes towards those kids and those families. So it's not like um, the Make-A-Wish Foundation where the kid just gets one big ta-da. Like actually they, they help kids and their families go to movies and to dinners and, you know, they help out the other siblings because it's not just that child. It's that entire family is really affected and dealing with it and they make their lives so much better. I had reached out to, um, and I, I forgetting his name. I wanted to, host one in when I was in Texas and, um, I would love if that would happen out, you know, and maybe I could do something because for those of you don't know, relentless is a nonprofit organization. I guess I could say organization put together several meets throughout the year. Um, all raising money for, is it St. Jude's children? It's hope kids, hope kids. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, and like she said, it the money goes directly to the families and for, other other things too, like certain bills and things like that. I, I thought yeah. it was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. I have I have um I can't think of their last name right there, but but my friend Brian and his wife Sam, she's the Elsa that you always see in these relentless videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she dressed up as Elsa Elsa and like pulled like four fifteen or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she was like love- all over the news because she looks like Elsa. Is crazy. And here she is, you yeah. know pulling these insane numbers. Yeah. Absolutely. And they had photographers there, like you say, and, but they, these photographers were doing a lot of really cool editing. So that the, the final kids pictures, they look like superheroes and, oh my and they had pictures made with them. And it was, it's a great experience. In fact, I, um, Talitha's mom, Lori and I, we still, we still are in touch. I mean, you, you can't help, but become a huge part of that family. It's a family. Yeah, completely. That's beautiful. Um, well, that's great. I would well, love to have been a part of that. So that you had, you had, that was your qualifying total for Arnold. That was my qualifying total uh, for the Arnold. Were so, you tripping when you were like, oh my goodness, I am fucking going to the Arnold's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't sink in until after we got home. Cause like I said, like the whole vibe was totally different there. Yeah. And then we got home and I was like, Hey babe, <laughs> look at what I had to qualify for the Arnold. <laughs> hey, guess what I qualified? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, because uh, he was, um, he was my coach for that one. Okay. In between coaches, and he he does powerlifting coaching also. Yeah. And he enjoys the coaching and the meat directing part a little better than the actual competing. Now he, he's a great competitor, but he enjoys you know that aspect more, which makes this partnership fantastic. Great. Right. Him as my coach was an almost divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so no we had to fix that. <laughs> yeah, through no fault of either of our own. We just 
the way he coaches and the way I like to be coached are totally different. That's so and that's fine. funny. That's totally fine. You know, what's funny is he uh, reminds me a lot. I think we've had this conversation. I've had it with him before because my husband yeah. doesn't compete, you know, like he, he competed twice maybe. And he yeah. likes the parallel and he's, you know, you look at him, he's a beefy one. So everybody's like, oh, he's a powerlifter. He's like, no, those are my wife's medals yeah. on the wall. <laughs> like, and it's always a funny joke, but he doesn't really like, he likes to compete, but powerlifting is not the avenue in which he wants to sure. do it, you know? So he's mm -hmm. like, he, he'll, he'll pick something, but he, he's so broken. You know, the army just broke his body. He's just, oh, yep. everything yes. is so broken on him. So he's yeah. like, is it worth it for me? I, you know, I have to do so many workarounds and yeah. so many things. And, but that's, that's funny. Cause it's the same thing where it's like, you're the competitor. I'm the competitor. Right. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he coached me for a little bit and uh, in the beginning, but he didn't really mm -hmm. know a lot either. We both were kind of like at the same level of, <laughs> of yeah. Like, yeah. I think this is right. Sure, let's go five days a week, daily undulating. You know, like it was like a whole mess of what yeah. you need to do all that. Like you just started. Yeah. How about we learn the basics, huh? <laughs> so stupid. So then so then you found Trevor. How did you Trevor. find him? So I had he had sort of been popping up um on my IG um as coaching various lifters around that time. Um, that was in 2018. So, okay. and I, I was like, man, he seems, he seems legit. Like, like everything I see about him, sure. He doesn't have a ton of followers. Like, cause you know, he didn't at the time. I was like, but I just, for some reason, I just, I really, he seems like he listens to his lifters. He seems like he, uh, tailors things to his lifters. He seems like he doesn't get involved in any of the drama that goes on in the powerlifting world that I did not realize was a thing yeah. when I first got started, but it, it's a thing. <laughs> so, you know, he keeps his nose clean. He's, you know, not out hitting on or making inappropriate comments on, you know, all these people's uh, IGs, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, totally. and that was important to me as uh, a wife, as a mother, like totally. I, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need yeah. that trash and I don't need, you know, we, we really try to stay above bar and above suspicion as far as boundaries in our marriage, oh, you know, us so, too. we're yeah. totally like, so, we don't even leave anything open. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we know there's very clear, somebody comes on to me or him. He is very much like, Hey, I'm married. Like that is, yes. There is no, we're upfront about a lot of that because it just, it makes it so much more clear, you know? It really does. Yes. And it's, but, and it's sad that that's something you really have to look out for yeah. when you're choosing a coach or a training partner or that sort of thing, because, um, cause some people don't have those, those strict boundaries. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. So, so that was a huge, a huge draw. Um, and then we saw him coach. Stacy at, there was an RPS meet in Greenville, North Carolina that he flew up to and she did too. And she did it to qualify for the Arnold. Okay. Um, and she, I think she almost broke the all time world record that meet, but, but she didn't, but she, she set some other records, but anyway, so at that meet, we were running a booth for, um, one of our friends, bull strong apparel. So we were we were, you know, they're just selling shirts and whatnot because Bullstrong and um, RPS, the Millers, are are very close. Oh, so, okay. so I know it's all <laughs> six degrees. All... Kevin Bacon, yeah, totally. <laughs> but um, but we were there, and I was just kind of watching. I was like, George, this is this is the guy I was talking about that I might, you know, want 
to coach me next. Um, so we watched him and we watched how he you know, handled himself, how he handled her, how, you know, things were just straight and narrow there. It was very clear the way he did stuff. There wasn't her having to frantically look around to see if he put her numbers in, you know, yeah. those, those little things and, uh, decided to reach out to him and see if he would coach me into the Arnold. And, and he did. And then we flew him up, um, to do a bunch of form work for about four days and had him stay at our house. And that he was, he did one of his, um, his podcasts while he was there. And he was like, this is kind of weird. Cause I've never actually, you know, flown to a person's house and stayed in it to train them. (laughs) We live in like, like I said, small town USA. So like the nearest hotel is going to be a hot minute away. Wow. Yeah. So so just stay on our couch. We'll feed you. (laughs) Basically. What do you like to eat, bunny? No. (laughs) Eat a grand. And he did, because like I said, my sumo form needed a lot of work and he's like, he's a sumo guru. Yeah. Um, And he, he has, changed so much about my form and, and being almost 40, you know, joints are not what they used to be. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) He's done a lot of, um, aside from him getting me to the numbers that, that I've wanted, as far as him as a coach, he has listened to me as a mother and me as a, um, as a professional, uh, because he he knows when I go into these four and five day stretches where I'm on call, I literally cannot get to a gym. Yeah. So there were times when I had to work a bunch of overtime that he tailored my training to that. And he completely rewrote me to only training three days a week and then rewrote it again to only training four days a week wow. and then wrote some other stuff. And and I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of women out there and probably men, too that suffer from that, the post meat blues. Yeah. Um, I, I do badly. Like, really? yes, yes, it is profound. And he is so gentle and kind with getting me back. And he's, he's very understanding. Yeah. He's not like, Oh, you have so much potential. Why don't you get back in the gym? It's been like three weeks and you haven't touched a weight. You know, he's like, okay, let's do what you do what you can do. I'm yeah. going to program this when you're, you know, getting back because I, I think I have a lot of, um, mom guilt because when you're training for those, those meets, you, you put a lot into peaking, yeah. you know, put a lot into the strength phase. You put a lot into peaking and there were a lot of nights that, um, then I missed a lot, uh, with my son. If yeah. I wasn't on call, I was in the gym because it was after work because I had a meet. And so once that meet was over, I, I really downshifted and went back into overload mom mode. Right. You know? I know <laughs> that feeling. Yeah. So I can feel like I could kind of make up for stuff because there's mm. no, there's no good balance for all this. I no. hate to say that. Um, you know, people are looking for the magic uh, magic combo. But if you're going to do a bunch of different things, you're not going to do them all well at right. the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so right. And I think that that's an important one too, because it's like, look, you know how long it's been for you and you're still trying to balance your emotions with it. Right. Yeah. And and, oh. and maybe that, it, I, I mean, I feel like I do the same thing where I'm so mm-hmm. caught up in work and, and in training that, mm-hmm. you know, then I realized my kid says something and then I'm like, I'm such a shitty mom. Like, you know, Gosh, I have cried so many times yes. to George. I mean, he bless his soul. If you, if you look at him, 
Um, you would not think that he is the most consoling person on the planet. He has a very rugged, uh, yeah, he a, does. Yeah. But he is, man, he has, I have cried on him. I can't tell you how many times. And he has oh. been like, you're a good mom. The fact that you give a shit means you are a good mom. Yeah, exactly. You know? You're sitting here crying. <laughs> you're a good yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, That's and funny. Then he'll, yeah. He'll, he really does a great job trying to take a lot of the mundane load off of me when I'm in a training phase, like right. he'll make sure. Um, and luckily we have a meal prep company that, that sponsors us. So oh, wonderful. Yeah. So they, they knock out the majority. Um, and they're all up and down this, this East, um, North Carolina and sort of middle North Carolina area. They're green, lean and clean and they're freaking awesome, uh. but they are crucial. And then he helps out with getting the kids fed and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like it's not, it's not above him for us to tackle this entire entity that is like team sporer, you know, together and do the different roles. So like when he, um, is going and, and judging meats and doing meat directing stuff, like, yeah, I'm staying home with the kids and I'm totally fine with that, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like Like, it's your part. Right. It's like, exactly. Like you go do you. And because I know that you respect me enough that, you know, when it's my turn to do stuff, you're, you're holding it down too. So, so what would you say were some of the major things that he helped you with to change your sumo? So my, uh, can I say everything? Um, Um, the, the most beneficial one has been my grip. Um, I okay. was um, a mixed grip over under, um, yeah. however, suicide grip, however you want to you want to call it, forever and ever and ever. And I was terrified of pulling hook grip because I pull in the force and it hurts, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to. <laughs> but I was having That's some like... severe, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> That's me. Having some severe pain. Um, the right side of my back and shooting all the way down my right leg. Um, I started having some gait disturbances. Wow. There was a lot of nerve impingement. Um, and, and we already knew that I had some lumbar discs stuff yeah. anyway. Um, not enough to, to knock me out of the game, but we kind of tiptoed around it. And he said, you know what? I really think, um, because you're, you're so strong and you're pulling so hard that I was, um, you know, twisting to the right, just Mm -hmm. a little. Mm -hmm. And all of that movement on my spine, you know, 400 some odd pounds several times a week, um, with my poor, almost 40 year old body was not having it. So switched to hook grip and my back pain went away in four days. Wow. Yes. And I was like, uh, really? That's it. That's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. I had an ortho consult lined up because, oh you know, gosh. you're thinking it's got to be, you know, nerve issues and yeah. I'm, I'm really damaged something. I hope I don't have to have a discectomy, you know, yeah. or something yeah. nasty like that. And sure enough, that's exactly what it was. Wow. He I've took- never heard of anybody changing it and having like a result like that. I've definitely heard of people changing to, to hook to avoid the helicopter ish kind of yeah. thing, yeah. That's but a- that's so crazy. Yeah. And that's, that's, and luckily I'm sure other people who have like other underlying things in the lumbar spine, it, it probably won't be that easy of a fix. Right. However, he is a 
a fantastic enough coach that he actually watches my videos, yeah. you know, yeah. and he's not just looking at like one thing. He, he goes over everything. So there is not, there is not a video that I send him that he doesn't send back some sort of beneficial feedback. Yeah. And it's, and it's never like you suck, you know, right. it's always, okay. So, um, you, you, switch this. We we've recently kind of moved my grip out a little bit on mm. bench. It's like, mm. okay, that's fantastic. You've done that, but don't forget you're losing tension and you're blah, 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 blah. You know? So all yeah. he's looking at everything, man, he just has an eye for it. And he has helped me as a lifter be able to think long-term like right. there. I still have some longevity with me because, you know, I was feeling so beat up before yeah. just with, crap form. I mean, that's that's all it was. It wasn't the, um, the frequency. It wasn't the, the reps. It it wasn't anything. It was, it was form. I think people forget that, you know, that, that, that is, and and then if you're repeating it over and over, right. Mm -hmm. So if you're squatting and deadlifting a few times a week, then you're just reinforcing that bad pattern and, and more injury. (laughs) So you probably had a lot more going on. That's crazy. So, yeah. so was there anything else that you felt like after that, everything started to kind of come into place better? Yeah. I actually listened to him more. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> oh, you know what you're talking about. Oh, um, that's so funny. Yeah, no. So, so after that, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't cry about my thumbs when my, when I could actually walk and I wasn't dragging my right leg. You right. Know, right. Who cares oh about, gosh. who cares about some thumbs after that? So, yeah. um, so I've, you know, been hook grip ever since. Um, oh gosh, I can't, there's so many little, little things that he's done That's just good. completely. Yeah. Like we've, we've messed with foot placement during bench. Cause I have really long legs. I've noticed as, that you do have really long yeah, legs, really long legs. Like I don't want to say freakishly long, but they might be freakishly long. So <laughs> cause I'm, I'm five, eight anyway, but okay, yeah, you're the tall. Of is legs. So yeah. we really, um, had to, uh, work on leg placement that would allow me to do, um, adequate leg drive on the bench without driving up because my legs are so long. It was so easy for me to just pop my butt right off the bench. Right. Pop, no problem. Right. So trying to get somewhere where I can wedge my legs so that <laughs> they actually drive how they're supposed to. Um, that's been fun. So, so tell me a little bit about how you warm up and what your, your plan normally looks like now, like as far as like you train so many days a week, or do you like to do dynamic warm ups, or maybe you can give me a little gist of what you do. Um, they are dynamic warm ups. We don't do any sort of, um, stationary stretching or anything like that. He has, um, he plans out my warm ups for me. Okay. Um, and that's something that I have asked him specifically to do because, I don't have a coaching brain. I, I know that probably sounds crazy, but no, I'm not, not at all. Lifters that will turn into an online coach. Like I, I'm a coachable lifter, but I want you to lay it out for me because my life is so crazy in other ways that it's easy for me. Let me just read it off the sheet, you know, and do it. Video. You fix me. <laughs> yes. This is how we're going to do this. Yes. So, um, but it's fine. Cause I know that about myself. You yeah, know? totally. Um, so he, he has every single day and right now I'm doing five days a week, but I've ad- had him add in a day of cardio slash hit because summer and Corona 15. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying to everybody. Yeah. I was like, we're all calling it that. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> I was like, I specifically asked for that torture. Yeah. Um, 
let it be known. Yeah. Um, so I have, uh, I have a, a squat and a light pull day. I have a heavy bench day. I have a deadlift and a light squat day. Um, then I have a bench accessories and it's more of a bench back sort of thing day. Okay. And then the fifth day is hit. So warm ups. he's, he'll have me, he'll line out kind of three specific warm ups for me to do. That's, um, let's see, let me kind of peek at it right now. Cause I know he sent me one recently. Oh, perfect. Yeah, right. I know that people always skip, you know, it's like people are infamous for skipping warm ups, and it, and they are really important, um, just to prepare, you know, your body for the movement. I used to skip warm ups. Right. So did I. Tip. Yeah. And I just until, squat until I feel warm. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, this is warming up. This is yeah. dynamic, right? My warm up, it's a thing. Let's just get under um, the bar. <laughs> I had um, I actually ruptured my Achilles tendon, oh. my right foot, in the middle of grad school. Good times. We won't go down. <laughs> I'm still traumatized. Oh, my um, gosh. But so they had to go in and, and sew it back with um, metal wire. Oh. And so, long story short, that ankle mobility needs work. Um, every single time I'm going to squat, we right. have to do some extra ankle mobility stuff, uh, because it, that ankle is tight, that calf stays tight. Um, and it, it affects every single part of my squat. And I didn't really put two and two together that that ankle mobility is what's throwing me way off balance because, right. and I was having a problem hitting depth and that's cause I was pitching forward. Right, right. I was, you know, I was really trying to overcompensate for stuff and I would put lifters on, but they didn't help. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't skip warm ups at all. Uh, he has me do a lot of, let's see for squat day. Um, I do rolling planks, mm-hmm. um, hip drop and hip airplanes. And that's three sets of those okay. before we even start warming up. And then um, he has sort of up at the top that I'll do all my ankle mobility stuff too, but he has me do that every, every day, even every if I'm day. Mm-hmm. I could see that just because that's going to probably have to be worked for the rest of your life. Yeah. Cause just cause that's a, a kind of a trigger point for me. Yeah. So, totally. and I know that he tailors all of his stuff to his athletes like that. Like you're not going to get a cookie cutter program. Yeah. Thank That's Thank well, you. that's crazy. So so you, this is a crazy part where I was thinking like, man, you work through this whole, and you're still working through uh-huh. the whole yeah. COVID experience. Yeah. How was that for you as a nurse, you know, first coming to work and knowing all this and how it slowly came to be what it is? Like, I, I can imagine that everybody would just, was it like an onslaught right away or was it just like a weird gradual thing? It was, um, it was, I can't, I'm really searching for the right words to try and convey how unstable and chaotic it felt. Anesthesia mm-hmm. world in general is a really high stress level. Right. Um, but if you add in COVID, um, <laughs> so in uh, the general population, it probably doesn't know this, but there are specific guidelines by the CDC that came out for medical professionals that um, whoever the highest trained airway expert in the hospital was, that's who needs to be doing your intubations of your COVID patients. That's anesthesia all day long. Yeah. that's It's not your ER doctor. And I, I love my respiratory therapists, but I intubate people 
probably 20 times more often than they do. Um, wow, that's, I never thought about it. Yeah, that's my job. That's, yeah. you know, if I've got six cases a day, I'm likely intubating at least four of them, um, gracefully. And so I don't disagree with the CDC guidelines. Obviously, you're going to want to minimize the amount of time that you're in that infected person's airway for their sake and for the aerosolization and the spread for you. So um, anesthesia providers uh, in general sort of got thrust onto the front front line with that. Wow. Uh, and then the terrifying part was, is our facility going to have enough personal protection equipment for us to do this. Um, that was where the terror came in. Um, because, you know, we didn't know if we were going to, at first we thought you could be uh, a carrier and not be symptomatic. Right. So we're terrified that everybody's got it. Right. You know, everybody, you, anybody that has eyeballs, you know, yeah. you got it. So, <laughs> um, and are we going to have enough PPE to protect us when we have to take care of these patients? You know, we're canceling elective surgeries because we don't want to be intubating these people. We don't want, you know, the chance of, of all this aerosolization. And even now we still have um, a lot of safety standards that we're doing as far as room air turnover before we bring another patient in. Oh, I um, and thought about that. All that stuff out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and luckily my hospital is a, a smaller private hospital and we, we luckily did have the personal protective equipment. So I, you hear all these horror stories about nurses having to wear the same mask for like three weeks straight. Um, we were close to that, but, but ours, you know, wasn't that bad, wow. thankfully. Um, and we didn't have near the, um, rush of COVID patients that we originally thought we would have, uh, you know, everybody's sort of chastising the government for shutting everything down for a while. And it wasn't that they didn't want anybody to get COVID. They just didn't want everybody to get it at the same time. Right. right. It, you know, that, that was the thing because yeah. we didn't have the resources for that at the hospital. If, if, you know, 70 people showed up at our small hospital that couldn't breathe, um, somebody would die. I yeah. that sounds terrible. We'd have to try and ship you somewhere else and hope that they weren't overloaded because we don't have the ventilators for that. And yeah. we don't have the, you're not going to survive. If you stay here, your chances are, but you know, better to go somewhere else. And as a healthcare professional, you know, I got into nursing in general, um, 15 years ago to make sure that everybody's okay. Like I want to make the world a better place. And the thought of not being able to take care of people was sickening. It's yeah. sickening. That's and it wasn't even worrying about my own health, although I was very afraid of bringing it home to George and the boys. Yeah, um, I knew that I was able to do whatever I could to take those precautions. I'm worried about everybody else out in the general population that is, you know, it's just going to ransack. And yeah. luckily, it did not ransack like we thought it was going to because people right. did as you know as much as they could to kind of I, I don't want to quote but flatten the curve. Right. Yeah. So, um, so you would say right now it's pretty chill at your place now? Extremely. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Extremely. Yeah. Like we're, we're ready to, to start opening back up and we have started opening back up. In fact, the gym, um, closest to me at the hospital or near the hospital, um, has opened back up. They invoked the professional athlete clause out of the thing because the gyms aren't, um, open at all in North Carolina. 
but I didn't they, hear about this clause. Please explain. Yeah. So our, the North Carolina governor, um, said that if there was, um, if you were a professional athlete or a collegiate athlete, or you had like medical, like a medical prescription to have to train, uh, I don't know if mental reasons or, 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 you know, diabetes, they wanted you to do cardio, you know, and that sort of stuff. Right then you could legally go to the gym. So the, the, um, sports center that's near the hospital was like, Hey, everybody's a professional athlete. And they freaking loopholed it, man. It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I've never even heard of that. That's so crazy. Yeah. We opened up a few weeks ago. It's been almost a month now. Um, we've done a lot good. And a lot better. And at that time, I think we only had like one, maybe two people at a hospital. We have two hospitals here and yeah. they were so, you know, I mean, of course you're testing a lot more and a lot of people are getting it, but, yeah. um, it's definitely died down. Um, so yeah, which is wonderful. Okay. Yeah. It's, that's good to hear that your place didn't have that. As, we didn't. And you know, there were a couple of counties up the road that, that got hit a little harder, but, but overall, I think we, we sort of avoided North Carolina in general, avoided a lot of the, the hits. I don't discount by any means what was going up and going on in New York city and down in Louisiana and Washington. I have colleagues that went to those places because even healthcare workers were dropping like flies and they needed the extra hands. So, you know, they heeded the call and went up there and worked and it was every bit as bad as the media was, was saying. Oh, um, yeah, my sister-in-law just came from, she's, she was in Jersey. And so she's yeah. been here for a month and they just went back cause they're going to open up on the 22nd. I think she, she owns a salon. So they're, oh. I think they're in phase two. Um, and, but you know, they do makeup and hair and she's like, I don't know oh, how yeah. we're going to do makeup, you know, like what, what, I don't know what the guidelines will be for that. So, um, there's still a lot of unknown, I think in the next year, mm-hmm. which is crazy even for competing, you know, like. Very much. There's a lot of people so. moving meats around, and <laughs> yeah. When it, so you're not going to be competing anytime soon. I'm not. Um, I had laparoscopic surgery like five years ago, and one of my port sites I have a ventral hernia at now. Oh. So I'm taking sort of a step back. I'm still training right now, and we're planning out work wise when I can take the time off to get that repaired. Yeah. Because um, I just I don't feel safe. Um, going for those bigger numbers again and letting, I, I don't want incarcerated bowel. <laughs> I don't want to have to have like a colectomy, you no. know, <laughs> you know? So. No. definitely not worth it. <laughs> no, I love you powerlifting and all, but, <laughs> but that's, so, the, that's the nature of it. You know, that's the, yeah. that's the nature of it. It's like, you yeah. know, you go up and down and different things will happen in your life, but yeah, yeah. You, at least you get to still train, which is, yes, which is important. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Trevor knows all this too. So as soon as we get to the point where I've got a date scheduled, then I'm, I'm positive he's going to work a, a, some sort of training schedule so I don't lose all of my muscle yeah. mass, yeah. you know, in the meantime, while we get that fixed. But, but I will compete again. I turned 40 in March, so I'll be in the master's. Kind of look at that. You're one month older than me. I, I, I turned 40 in <laughs> April. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. When's your birthday? March right in the middle. George is like, um, his March 19th. So okay. we're at the same time. We should I have know. a party. We should. <laughs> when, when is your birthday? March 7th. Oh my gosh. My daughter's is March 8th. 
Oh, and his son's is March 2nd. Like where there's so many March birthdays. Oh, that's so cute. I love it. I know there's all of us. I'm, I'm uh, April 19th. My youngest is April 30th. My oldest is April, uh, March 8th. And then the other Mm -hmm. one is May 25th. So we're oh, wow. all so around all there. Planetary. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. our, our anniversary is there. And then my husband is all the way in November. <laughs> Scorpio, <outlier>. The Scorpio <laughs> over there all the way on the end. It's so funny. He's like, I always lose a lot of money at the beginning of the year. because Everybody's birthday and then our anniversary. It's like, okay. It's, a, right. it's a sound investment. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, hey, this is the part of the show where I like to ask you. What the hell is wrong with you people? <clears throat> What the hell was I thinking? Well, you think about a time, and maybe you have a lot now that I think about it, a time when you had something happen where you look back and think, what the fuck was I thinking doing that? Can you think of anything? Wow. Yes. Um, <laughs> one lifting and one sort of like powerlifting world. Oh, okay. It's- I want to hear them. Yeah. So the one lifting was... Um, probably squatting in the, um, Smith machine. So, um, (laughs) can already picture it. Right. Yeah. So all this, you know, I'm at gold's gym, bro. So all the squat machines are taken up by other gym bros that are quarter squatting, you know, equally as much. And, uh, I was like, Oh, it's a Smith machine. It's a squat machine. There's no difference. What's, What's the big deal? So, you know, I'm loading up I think it was, um, 215, 225. Um, and that was in my first, like, so that was like getting heavy for me, you know, and the squat machine and my, I mean, the Smith machine and my, my biomechanics are not friends anyway. Right. Um, I could see that, especially if you had limited ankle mobility, it's going to force you into one position. Absolutely. And I ended up, um, slipping a disc. (gasps) So, yeah, I had to take go to physical therapy. Oh my god! Yeah, so because I, I just I pitched way too far forward and you slipped a disc on the Smith on, machine. Slipped on the Smith machine, baby. Um, at the Gold's gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. That sucks. Oh, it yeah, it did suck, and. You know, I, I didn't really, like I said, I feel really stupid, but I didn't really have any guidance then. And no. the Smith machine is marketed as a, you know, a squat, squat variant. Yeah. 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 A squat. So oh, totally. like, oh, whatever. I'll I started deadlifting with an easy bar. I love it. With an easy bar and tens on the floor. So you, they're like real, t- not rubber yeah. tens. I, I remember, know. I just, I had no clue. E little bitty. Yes. I was like, I'll put 25s on now. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> what was your powerlifting one? Oh, okay. So I had just finished my first competition and this, um, apparel company out of Europe sent the email that we've probably majority of us have all gotten, we would love for you to rep our, our brand, you know, like you're so special. And in my mind, like to me, I'm special. Like <laughs> in my brain, clearly these people are finally seeing the worth that I provide to this world. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I'll rep your brand because you finally see how amazing I am. Did not know that that is like, you know, mass 
emailed, like, I, I truly thought that they actually like wanted me Aww. because I was doing great. I know, bless her heart. <laughs> so, because in my mind, I was like, I'm killing this, man. Look, I did so great at my first competition. Like, yeah. I, you know, and when I sort of got further into it and realizing that I, they did not want me because I was special, they just wanted me to sell their stuff for free and give me a little smidge of a discount and you know, basically I'm an employee of theirs without getting compensated. Right. Um, I, I kind of, it sort of deflated my bubble. Yeah, I know. Right. Like y'all better learn. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're going to learn. Okay. Today. <laughs> Cause I am special. Dang it. Ten percent discount. You know what? And that's a, a now that I think about it, you think that's like a like you would know that, but that hap- I think that happens to a lot of people. Yeah, I th- I, I'm sure I had something like that happen to me in bodybuilding, like because I yeah. did a lot of bodybuilding in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think like, and it's it's very tempting. Yeah. Oh, at the yeah. same time, right? Because now you're part of like a brand, and yeah. you're you're it it almost legitimizes. Yes. And I I could see the the total appeal to that, but I think once you start getting in a little further, then you're like, wait a second. Yeah. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was my what the hell was I thinking? Oh. Uh, for that little. <laughs> no, right? Did you make any commission? Uh, no, I, <laughs> I, like, I abandoned it after I realized they didn't want me for me. I'm like, Oh, I'm not selling your shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a freaking single mom over here. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to give me all this stuff for free. Yeah. Like I'm thinking like Reebok, you know, right. like lights, you know, like this is, this is legit. I've made it. Oh, so I've funny. made it. <laughs> They're like, you get 10% off your first order for repping us. No. <laughs> What? <laughs> I know, right? Like, mm, I'm not supposed to get all this shit for free. That's how these. That's how it goes on TV. Yeah. No, not for powerlifting. It's not unless you're best in the world. You know, like yeah, exactly. Right. So funny, Kelly. This has been fantastic, and thank it you for taking this time out to talk about your crazy life and how you get to balance it all. And I think a lot of women are gonna listen to your story and find a lot of commonalities. You know, there's a lot of things that you said that I feel like it were me and I feel like a lot of women have said the same thing. So it's nice to know that there are other women out there who struggled in relationships and found the love of their life and, you know, and still made it happen that it's not the end of the road and powerlifting can, mm-hmm. can be there with you through it, you know, and, and help you through that time. And so I'm really happy you got to do this with me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Cause I, and anybody that, that hears this, um, this podcast is more than welcome to reach out and, you know, if they want clarification of things, if they just want to like, let's high five and be friends because we're going to get through this life together. I am all for it. I'm not one of those, like I have a, you know, social media and don't actually talk to people. Like that's, that's my favorite thing. Like let's, let's connect. Yeah. Let's talk about everything because if you've got questions, I guarantee my dumbass has had the same (laughs) questions or worse. Or worse. (laughs) I feel like that. Yeah. That's me. There's been so many times where I'm like, let's yeah. Like let's sort through stuff. Let's, you know, and if anybody is interested in nursing and, and nurse anesthesia and CRNA school and stuff, reach out for that too. That's, that's a trip in and of itself. So 